Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. In the treehouse, do ya? It's, uh, it's so good that we can continue some connection with the kids, and I love having a little bit of that spirit in the house. It's really, really great. Keep us young. Keep us young. I, we've heard about being grateful. I want to begin this morning by saying thank you. Thank you to everyone of you who have supported our missions. October uh, was, or September was Missions Month, and uh, we asked for commitments for our missionaries. And we're, we've made the commitment to our missionaries for 2021, and I want to let you know that, that we have, uh, we're letting them know we're not making any changes. And I want to say thank you to all of you. And I'll tell you this, I know some have been, it's been a tough year, that's for sure. We're a little light, and uh, it's, last I checked, I think um, it was about $24,000 under what we need to make our commitment for 2021, but we're doing it anyway, and that may have changed a little bit over the last week or so. We're just going to make that commitment knowing God will be faithful. We're trusting him, and we understand things have changed for so many of you, so please don't take this as heavy-handed or any such thing. It's really saying thank you and just letting you know what we're doing, that we're just going to stay faithful to those missionaries. We're not going to make them, uh, you know, we're not going to change our support to them. We're going to keep it up for 2021, and I know God will see us through by the end of the year. So uh, our thanks to all of you who support the missionary effort. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. And it's good to be uh, grateful Uh, We have things to be grateful for. We're looking forward to our traditional time of giving thanks, our annual time of thanksgiving this coming Thursday, where we all just pause. I love the holiday because it's it's a holiday where we just pause and it's still aimed at, uh, it's still aimed at God to be grateful to him. And I know that 2020, uh, it hasn't been, what we've anticipated, looking forward to Thanksgiving. It's not the day that we've anticipated. And I know some are just saying, come on, come on 2021. I want to say good riddance to 2020. Uh, but wasn't it a year we were looking forward to? 2020 had such a great ring to it, didn't it? For not just a little while, for years. People were looking forward to 2020. 2020 sounded so great. It was going to be the year of vision. Everyone was going to have this 2020 vision, and the vision was going to unfold, and it was going to be a new year and a new decade. You know, the new roaring 20s. And doesn't that seem all so distant now? Even like, what happened? Who's talking about the roaring 20s? Who's talking about 2020 vision? The year has turned. It made this drastic turn. Life drastically changed and turned since uh, the beginning of the year. Now, as we look forward to this Thanksgiving Day this week, 
where we annually pause to reflect and be grateful, there's a lot of passionate debate going on. There's some people saying this. I'll have as many people at my house. I don't care what you say. I'm having a party. I'll have 100 people there. And there's other people saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Stay safe. You got to stay safe. And I was looking at some raging debates on social media. Let me tell you, they were expletive-laced debates about this, which uh, you you can just feel the passion in people You know, the government's not going to tell me what to do. Oh, stop being selfish. Think of others. And, uh, you know, we have to make our own decisions about that. But it seems like people are just at each other. They are angry. And some might even be saying, what is there to be grateful for? But I say regardless. You know, we can be positive. Whatever our situation we have things to be grateful for. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what we're in. There is something to be grateful for. And I want to talk about being grateful today. What is being grateful? What, it, what is it? It's, well, it's expressing gratitude or thanks. And very simply, that means we've got something to be thankful for. Now, I want to ask a question, though. With, this, with, with respect to expressing Thanks. I want to ask a question. How does being thankful relate to time? Or better said, the passing of time. And I, and I know that's a strange question, but, but bear with me. How does being thankful relate to the passing of time? And thankfulness, if we think about it, it's related to time. Because when you're Expressing gratitude, it's typically for something that's occurred. It's either occurred in the present moment or it's, you know, something in the past. We heard in the little treehouse video, right? Hey, I'm grateful for that, for that little old lady that held the door. Someone hold the door for you this morning? You might have said thank you right then and there. It was just something you were grateful for in the moment. And We sung a little bit about it, right? The moment. This is the day that you have made. Whatever comes, I won't complain. This is being grateful in the moment, right in the present moment. But even in the moment, it's it's something that's occurred right then and there. The moment becomes the past like that. And so we also are thankful for things in the past. When a, a couple gets married, they go on their honeymoon. But typically they come home and then they take time to write down some expressions of gratitude. They send out some thank you notes. And they might look back on the day they were married and all the people that came and they write little notes. Thank you for being a part of our special day and thank you for your generous gift. They express some gratitude for something in the past and it can even be long ago past. There may be a a child saying to uh, an elderly parent, no, not thanks for the pizzeria. No, not that. But thank you for raising me. Thank you for all that you've done for me, mom or dad. You know, looking back decades, you, you took me when I was a wayward child and you, you, you pulled me back on track. Thank you. And we sung about that today. I give thanks for all you have done. Oh, this is an expression of uh, looking back. So thanksgiving, 
gratitude, it's typically for something right in the present moment or looking back to yesterday or a few weeks ago or even decades ago. Now on Thanksgiving, you might have a tradition in your house. Some families do. Before they break bread, before they sit down at the table or before they eat, they say, let's go around the table and share something we're grateful for from the last year. And you might even find, some might find that tough this year, I know, but I want, to, uh, I want to not just embrace that concept of saying, let's be thankful for something in the past, but can we build on it a little bit? Because it's a good thing to look back and be thankful, and especially when life's been challenging, especially when you've had a, a, a tough time in this crazy, strange year of 2020, when things aren't what we've been expecting It's hard, perhaps, to find something, but it's a good exercise to be able to look back and say, I see a blessing, and to count that blessing and to be thankful for it. You might even say, well, I'm glad I did that because I didn't even really see that, and now I do, and I'm thankful. But again, I I, want to say, let's, I want to try to add to this, this concept of looking at gratefulness and time because we can find things that we're grateful for in the present moment. We certainly can find things from the past where we've received a blessing. But can we look forward? Can we look forward with intention? Can we look forward with the intention of being grateful? Being grateful in the future? Does giving thanks have a future? And I say, yes, it does. And I want to Speak to that this morning, and let's look at God's word for an example. And there's examples in God's word, and I want to take an example from a life of one who experienced great prosperity and family unity and acceptance, but he also knew family division and strife, and he also knew rejection and isolation and loss. And the, the person I refer to, the character, his name is King David. And just briefly, a brief, real thumbnail sketch of his life. When he was a boy, he was a shepherd. He was sort of an anonymous shepherd, just out alone, taking care of his flocks. And it seemed like, hey, that's, that was going to be his life. Just an anonymous guy. But God had something else in mind for David. And as a young man, he was put before the enemy of Israel Goliath, and he felled Goliath with just a simple sling. Well, then God saw to it that David would be taken from his flock, and he would be exchanging his, his shepherd's staff for a king's scepter. But life wasn't always uh, sunshine and warm breezes for David, was it? David's life, it became a series of highs and lows. It was these great mountaintop experiences and then deep valleys. One day he was a hero, honored by adoring crowds who would sing to him. David has slain his ten thousands. The next day he's hiding in a field. He's running from King Saul who's seeking his life. And then, then he's on the run living in caves. One day he's sitting at the king's table. The, the next day He's running for his life. 
when he finally becomes King David and he gets the throne, he's adored as a king. But then he's got rebelliousness in his own household. His own son becomes traitorous and seeks to assassinate him. And once again, he's got to be eluding this and on the run because he's, his, own, his own flesh and blood wants to take the throne. So this was a man, David was a man who knew the reversal of fortune. He knew this reversal of prosperity in the Psalms of which so many were written by David. They reflect this experience and there's things that we can take from them. The the experience of having it all and then suddenly alone, isolated and asking God, where are you? That's reflected in the Psalms. And he shares how he's familiar with the abrupt alterations in life. Sudden, unexpected turns. Gives us a glimpse into the deepest and the darkest moments of his life. And how God is in it all. So I want to look at one such psalm where it depicts this man alone, isolated, crying out to God. Wondering if God was even hearing. And it's... Psalm number 35. Psalm 35, if you flip to it in your, your Bible or your device, I just, I'm going to read a number of verses, but just the first one here. Beginning, the, the beginning. Because you can really feel it when you read Psalm 35, verse 1, and it says this. Contend, Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. I mean, right away, you, you, you see this. This is a guy that's in a situation. And then verse after verse, this psalm goes on. And it, it expresses, not only is he in a fight, but he's all alone. And he's isolated. And he's a rejected man. And he's on the run. And he feels even rejected by God. Lord, help me, he writes. He, he says, be my salvation from my enemies. They're out to get me. They want my life. They seek my life. They've set traps for me. They've dug pits for me. I was kind to them. I even prayed for them, he writes. But they're ruthless. And they're repaying evil for good. On and on. Verse after verse, this is, this is what David's writing. And then he gets to verse number 17. Psalm 35, 17. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my precious life, from all of these lions. Now, this, this line, it just, I picture in my mind this guy all alone, totally isolated. He's like Daniel in the lion's den, all alone, surrounded by lions. His life is at risk. And he writes, my precious life. Now, some of us might feel the same way right now. Some of us may feel isolated, alone. Our circumstances are such, we might be crying out to God and wondering, where are you? How long, Lord? How long? And I know our circumstance is different. The context of this 
pandemic that we're living in, it's not the same exactly as what David was living, but there's parallels there. There's parallels of this isolation. There's parallels of loneliness, anxiety of of life being lost. I mean, the virus, we might see it out there like the lions surrounding and isolating. And then what about his prayer? How long, Lord? How long are you just going to look on? I'm sure many, many can relate to that. But let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Because inexplicably comes the next line of the psalm. And I want to read verse 18 in some of the lines that follow. And see, see for yourself if verse 18 just doesn't pop out at you. As it, as it reflects against what leads into it and what follows. So Psalm 35, 18, and I'm going to read through to verse 23. I will give thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They do not speak peaceably, but devise false accusations against those who live quietly in the land. They sneer at me and say, aha, aha, with our own eyes we have seen it. Lord, you have seen this. Do not be silent. Do not be far from me, Lord. Awake and rise to my defense. Contend for me, my God and my Lord. From verse 1. Where David opened, contend, Lord, contend with those who are against me. Fight for me, God. I mean, this guy's bearing his heart, isn't he? He's alone. His enemies are out to get him. And he's crying out to God. And this gets repeated all the way to verse 23 where he says it again. Contend for me, God. Even pictures God asleep. He cries out, awake, Lord, awake. But yet in the middle of it all, in the middle of it all, there's no surrounding context. There's no introduction to it. Verse 18, it just, it pops out like in bold relief. I will give thanks in the great assembly. Among throngs, I will praise you. David, in the thick of his pain, in his frustration, in his isolation, he looked forward. He envisioned a day. He envisioned a day that he's not going to be alone. He envisioned a day where that isolation was going to be gone. He envisioned a day where he was going to be with a great assembly, where he'd be with throngs of others, and where he'd be given thanks. Thanks is for the past. Thanks is for the present. But thanks has a future. Thanks has a future. And I, for one, I, for one, am with David, and I'm looking forward to the day where all who have been pressed into isolation can join in a great assembly and be part of throngs, giving praise and thanks to God. Thanks has got a future. I know. I know that as individuals, tomorrow's not promised. I get that. But we have a future until the return of Jesus. Now, we are to live today, yes. We're supposed to live today. And, you know, Jesus says things like, 
don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But he also says things like count up the cost and make plans. We can make plans and we can hope for the future and we can press into the future. Paul, the great apostle in the New Testament said, yeah, I'm going to forget the past and I'm going to press on. I'm going to press forward, pressing on toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said he was pressing forward and we can too. We can press into the future and we can look forward to a day like David did. A day without distancing and a day without isolation. A day of community, a day of unity, a day of thanksgiving. And, and praise with a great assembly. Thanks has a future. Isolated David believed that. He, he said it in bold relief against all of his anxieties and all of his isolation and his pain that he was just bearing out in that psalm. And it wasn't the first time. This isn't just an unusual time. I want to give you another example from David's life. Another psalm, another one where he expresses uh, loneliness, but now there's been some vindication. It's Psalm number 30. It expresses joy for the vindication of God. And I want to read verses 1 through 4. Psalm 30, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths, and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Sound familiar? 35, the enemies were surrounding him. Now he's like, hey, Lord, you didn't let him gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. How alone are you if you feel like you're in the realm of the dead? But God has spared him. And then he says, sing the praises of the Lord. You as faithful people praise his holy name. David, who felt as he was going to the pit, he now exalts God. And he says, God, you're my salvation. Lord, you lifted me. And you didn't let my enemies win. You didn't let them gloat. You spared my life. Sing praises to him. And then he writes verse 5, which I know to some is a familiar verse. Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. See, David can look back. He can look back where, where he felt he was alone, where, where, he see, where he sees God as asleep. Where are you, God? Wake up. Wake up, God. Take care of me. How long are you going to look on? Or are you even asleep? And he even perceived God was angry. But how does he see God's anger in retrospect? You know, looking back on it, he says, it's only a moment. It's only a moment. But his favor is for a lifetime. Yeah, this is the guy that says, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nine months, nine months we've been dealing with this. Dealing with you know, isolation, distancing. Yeah, it's, I know it's a long time. And I know we're not done. We're fighting about Thanksgiving and keeping it to 10 people or less or whatever. It's not done. But you know, in God's timing, it's a moment. It's a moment. This is what David declared. 
Weeping may stay for the night. But what's he looking forward to? He's looking forward. Rejoicing comes in the morning. Man, there's a morning coming. There's a dawn coming. Thanks has got a future. Rejoicing has got a future. It does. So this Thursday, when you take time to pause, when we take time annually to pause and give thanks, you you might be all alone. You might be sitting in your home all alone. You might be with one or two, just a few. I don't know. You might be one of those out on social media saying you're having a hundred. Whatever. But when you pause, yeah, take a minute to look back. Take a minute to look back and see the blessings. Count the blessings and say, thank you, God. Thanks, God, for all you've done for me. And thank him for the present moment. Thank you, God. This is the day that you have made. Thank you. Yes, I'm living in it. But remember, thanks has got a future. Thanks has got a future. It's got a tomorrow. Look forward like David did with confident hope. Look forward and declare what you can be thankful for. And I'll tell you what I'm going to be thankful for. Jesus, yes. But I'm going with this. Psalm 35, 18. I'm going with it. I will give thanks in the great assembly among the throngs. I will praise you. I'm looking forward to that day. It's this thing, whatever it might last a year, two years. I don't know, but it will be done. And I'm looking forward to the future. And you can too. Let's kick aside. Let's kick aside the, the, the depression and the God's not asleep. God's not asleep. He's not, you know, he's not angry at you. David saw this, God's sleeping, God's in in control. Let's look forward. Let's look forward to thanks. Let's stand and pray as we go. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the blessings you've given us. And God, we look forward to tomorrow. Not not that you promised it, that we're going to be prosperous or all this or that. But God, like Paul said, we press on. We'll press on to the high calling, the mark for the prize, God. That we'll look forward to the future with hope. We don't don't look forward to the future like those with no hope. Because we've got the great hope of our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, on the throne. And we're going to do what the word declares we're going to do what the word encourages i will give thanks i will give thanks i will give thanks that's tomorrow god we will give thanks god oh i just pray that you'd rest that all upon every single one of us and as we sit down thanksgiving day whether we're alone or a few or many help us god to be encouraged to look forward. Oh, bless us with that, God. Bless us with that. Bless your people. And Lord, I pray that the strife and the division and the angst and the arguments about it all, Lord, that we would be Christian examples and set that aside. Lay it down and not get involved in those arguments. But look to you. Help us to keep and continue looking up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're grateful. 
bless your people now as they go. Bless those who have joined online. May your blessing and your presence rest on each one in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.